welcome to Resonate Community Church's Sunday Stream. This is Mike Savage, and I'm the Student Ministry Director here at Resonate Community Church, coming to you on the Sunday Stream. If you are new to the Sunday Stream, we're so happy you found us here, but the Sunday Stream is our weekly recap of what's going on in student ministry here at Resonate Community Church. Student ministry is our reach out uh, ministry for students in grades 6 to 12, and many of our students uh, join us on Wednesday night at Resonate Community Church from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and or connect with us digitally here on the Sunday Stream, which is available on our student ministry webpage, usually anytime after 6.30 p.m. on Sunday, that's the Sunday Stream. Uh, but it doesn't have to be watched on Sunday. It can be viewed anytime on demand. It's always available there. And then it's also uh, produced as a podcast as well, which is available on any of the typical podcast platforms, Anchor, Spotify, the Apple, iTunes Store. Um, we even have a link for it on the student ministry website, so easy to access the podcast version of this as well. And like I said, it serves as a weekly recap of what, uh, what's going on in our ministry. Speaking of weekly recap, we just wrapped up another wonderful Wednesday night at Resonate Community Church. Uh, we started a new series titled The Afterlife, and The Afterlife is a series, a three-week series, leading up to Good Friday, leading up to Easter, and the emphasis of this series is going to be about the afterlife, the life after the resurrection of Jesus, and what that love is for us. So we're super, super excited about that. But before I get into a little bit of a recap of that this evening, I just want to share a few announcements that we shared on Wednesday night uh, at Resonate and what's going on in our ministry. The first announcement is uh, next week, next week our high schoolers are taking center stage. This is, a, this is the third time actually our high school students have uh, taken the lead uh, for small group instruction, small group leadership, and they'll be uh, mentoring our sixth graders this uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so we have a number of high schoolers signed up. If you are a high school student and you have not signed up and you'd like to, feel free to check in with me at any point during the week and we'll make sure we get you a small group of sixth graders to work with on Sunday. And sixth graders, what an opportunity for you to build some relationships with our, our high school students. Uh, they're great, great students and I think you really enjoy your time with them. Uh, we also talked about spring break on uh, April 7th, uh, that's the Shakopee Public School Spring Break Week. 4-7, April 7th is the Wednesday of that week. No youth group that night. Let's all take a break. Take a little spring break. Our volunteers take a little time off. I'll take a little time off. Most importantly, students, you take a week off, recharge, and we'll see you back here the following week. And then our next event is coming up. It's near the end of April. On April 21st, we have our ever-popular Park Cleanup Night and Dairy Queen Run. It's one of our most highly attended events. You know, it's, it's, just, it's so contingent on good weather, but we usually get it. Great weather, great fellowship, just a casual stroll around Westminster Park in Shakopee. We clean that park up, make it look good for the spring and the summer for the families and the community. And then after a little bit of hard work and picking up that garbage, we all head down to DQ and enjoy an ice cream treat to wrap up our Wednesday night. So a super fun night, circle your calendar, for that, that is on April 21st. On the podcast today, the Sunday stream, we talked about this new series that we're starting. It's called The Afterlife. And in just a few minutes, we're gonna turn it over to our friends at Orange and they are gonna lead us through an excellent lesson um, that'll recap so much of what we talked about on, on, uh, on Wednesday night. But I wanna share a little bit that you won't find in the Orange lesson. And it's something that I shared uh, here on Wednesday night 
with our students, and it's something that I've, I've it's, it's grown as a bit of a tradition for me. Uh, it helps me prepare my heart for Good Friday, and it's an hour-by-hour -hour breakdown of what happened to Jesus on Good Friday. And for me, it really helps me process that day, really prepares me for that evening when I go to a good, our Good Friday service, and then eventually uh, celebrate our Easter uh, celebration here at Resonate or whatever church you go to. Um, just a great, great weekend. But many historians have kind of established a timeline as to what happened to Jesus um, on that day, on Good Friday, the day he was crucified. And I thought it would be kind of interesting, even here on the Sunday stream, to recap that hour-to-hour -hour breakdown. And what I've done in the past is I've actually taken these hours and uh, queued them up on my phone so that every hour I get a buzz and then a notification as to what happened to Jesus on that hour. And I thought I would just run through the hour-by-hour -hour breakdown with you here on the Sunday stream. So... Uh, you know, this is not a rock-solid, absolute, this is the exact time it happened, but many historians are going to generally agree this is how the day played out for Jesus. So before 6 a.m., uh, Jesus is arrested. You know, he's sold out by his disciple Judas. That's just before 6 a.m. And about 6 a.m., uh, Jesus is going between two trials. He's having conversations with King Herod. He's having conversations with Pontius Pilate. I won't get into the specifics of each of these uh, stories because each story is worth its own own podcast or our own conversation but just the facts uh, here as we go hour by hour so the King Herod Pontius Pilate back and forth that's going on about 6 a.m. at 7 a.m. Jesus is properly uh, sentenced to death Pontius Pilate officially says Jesus you will be crucified that is at 7 o'clock a.m. in fact it's not Jesus it's not Pontius Pilate who declares that it's the, it's the people, it's the Jewish people at the time. But anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. 8 a.m., uh, Jesus is actually led away to his crucifixion. And what we talked about here on Wednesday night is uh, the movie Passion of the Christ. If you haven't seen Passion of the Christ, these events are depicted so vividly and dramatically. Um, it's an amazing movie. Hard to watch, but an amazing movie. But some of those depictions of Jesus heading to the cross, um, that's going on around 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, 9 o'clock a.m., Jesus is now on the cross being crucified. Um, the actual moment that he is put on the cross and the crucifixion begins. Uh, 10 o'clock a.m., Jesus begins to be publicly insulted, publicly mocked by, by people, by soldiers, by citizens, by the Jewish people. That's at 10 a.m. 11 o'clock, uh, it's a very famous story in the Gospels, but Jesus begins speaking with another criminal or a criminal on another cross next to him about the promises of heaven. That conversation is happening around 11 a.m. We get to noon, we get to noon, and this is when the darkness takes over. Darkness is covering the land, something crazy is about to happen, things get very mysteriously dark around noon, one o'clock, um, a, a momentous moment where Jesus cries out to his Father, our Father God, and says, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's happening around 1 o'clock p.m. At 2 o'clock p.m., Jesus makes the declaration um, that is the moment where he says, it is finished, and uh, Jesus then dies on the cross. That's 2 o'clock in the afternoon that Friday. Uh, about an hour later, historians are believing 3 o'clock p.m., a big earthquake strikes, and then if you've read the Gospels, you know that in the temple there was a veil. It is torn in two, miraculously. 
that happens around three o'clock in the afternoon and at four o'clock in the early evening Jesus has been taken down from the cross and is actually laid in his tomb which of course we know how this story ends those of us who follow our amazing Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we know that two days later on Sunday morning he rises again Easter morning so I hope you found that interesting we talked about that uh, here at student ministry on Wednesday night the hour by hour breakdown of what Good Friday is like I said it's not necessarily rock sci rock solid science but most historians are gonna agree that's when it happens and like I said I like to put those in my phone get those reminders throughout the day and then around four o'clock in the afternoon I'll tell you what as I pray through that and go through those in, during my day boy I am ready for a Good Friday service it is and it's all the more moving so I would encourage you guys to maybe try that this year um, to just kind of process what Good Friday is it's such a such a powerful day well with any at any rate uh, I'd like to turn it over to our friends over at Orange and uh, they are gonna be leading you through a, a great lesson on week one of the afterlife so without any further ado here's our friends over at Orange Okay, people, so listen, I wasn't the most comfortable with swimming when I was younger, right? I'm talking I could not swim until much later than most people I knew. And I was terrified of the water. Not just that public pools can freak me out, but the thought of dipping down below the water at the beach could lead me to nightmares. Now, I don't know if it was something I picked up from watching too much Shark Week or what, but a classic move for me was just walking into my ankles and calling it getting in the water. Okay, there was no way I was going in any deeper than that. I know, I know, it was bad, and it drove my family crazy. Then, of course, the solution my family thought was swim class. It was the scariest few weeks of my life at the time. I never knew how much I could hate weekends, knowing that each Saturday I had to get into the water. But then something changed. I actually learned to swim. My family was praising the Lord, and I could swim pretty well. And the next summer, guess what? I loved it. I was looking for every excuse to go to the pool, hang out by the lake, or drive to the beach. I even started swim team, right? Now, something that I once hated because I didn't know how to do it became one of the most important things to me in life. My early fear of water seems like a strange way to transition into what we are gonna talk about today, but trust me, okay? Just listen, it fits. Because today, we're gonna talk about something that is often misunderstood but then we see it for what it really is. And when we do that, everything changes. Just like when I learned how to swim, everything changed for me about the water. When we learn about the whole story of Easter, everything just might change for you. Now, with Easter Sunday right around the corner, we are going to dive, get it, the water illustration, okay, we're gonna dive into what you might say is the most important holiday for Jesus followers. But this isn't just about chocolate bunnies or even where we usually end the Easter story. If you've heard of Easter before, you may know Easter is all about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That he managed to die and then he managed to come back to life. That's what we celebrate at Easter. But a lot of times when we hear Easter, we think about what it means for us and what happens after death for us. Because of Easter, we can be sure about heaven and spending eternity with Jesus. And that's true. But what we're going to discover is that Easter is about so much more than what happens after we die. Easter is about life after this incredible encounter with a risen Jesus. And that's what we're talking about, life after the resurrection. 
afterlife. And for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna look at three people who knew Jesus before he died and then encountered him after he came back to life and what their lives look like afterward. We're gonna talk about their afterlife because the Easter story was never meant to stop at the resurrection. The story was meant to keep going all the way until today. And if that's true, then what if we were meant to be a part of this story, of this life after the resurrection? What does the afterlife look like for us? Now, for some of you, that might sound interesting. To others of you, that sounds terrible. You don't want to be part of that story because of what you think God is like. Now, depending on how you've been raised or what you've been taught, or even because of some Christians you may have met or encountered online, God might seem like the last person you wanna get excited about. Because from your experience, he doesn't seem like he is for you. He feels like less of a friend and more of an authoritative and angry dictator. Now, for others of us, we have the idea that if God is out there, then maybe he's annoyed with us because of our constant poor choices or bad decision. Maybe he expects us to be perfect and he doesn't even celebrate the good decisions that we make. Or we think that God is angry because we've messed up and he'll be sure we get the punishment we deserve. Or maybe we think that he's a perfectionist. So no matter how hard we try, we'll never meet his standards. Maybe some of you think that he's absent, like you believe he's there, but he doesn't really care about your day-to-day -day life. Or maybe we think, you know, he's irrelevant, like he's some ancient God and ancient gods aren't all that helpful with today's actual problems. If you have ever felt any of those things about God, you're not alone. I've felt that way before, and I bet the room is full of people who have felt some of those things as well. When we're being honest, at one point or another, we've all had one or more of these thoughts about God. So here's the question. What do we do with that? How do those thoughts about God fit in with this big celebration that we call Easter? Something sounds and feels off. Is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus just something meant to make us feel good for a moment until we remember what we think God is really like? Easter is all about good news, but the good news doesn't seem so good when God doesn't seem great, does it? See, you may have heard the story of Jesus dying and coming back to life, what we call the resurrection, but before we just talk about the events of the resurrection story itself, let's focus on what it tells us about God. Because I think looking at the first Easter does more than just give us the basis for the Christian faith. I think it gives us a look at what God is really like and that is just as big of a deal as the events themselves. So we're gonna look at a passage of scripture written by a guy named John. And John was one of the 12 guys who followed Jesus really closely. And most scholars think that John was the youngest of the disciples, a teenager when he started following him. And then he ended up outliving all of the other disciples. In fact, where all the other disciples were eventually killed for their faith in Jesus, they think that John was the only one who ended up living a long life and dying of old age. So in other words, he was the fortunate one of the group, right? In a way, I think that gives John an interesting perspective that the other disciples didn't have. He had an entire lifetime to think back on the few years he spent following Jesus, thinking about what he heard and then putting it all into practice for the rest of his long life. And he could play the long game with his faith and see what a belief and a trust in Jesus looked like when it was played out for a lot of decades. And so when we read what John wrote, we know he's writing from a place of having an entire life, of remembering back on what he saw and what he heard and what he lived firsthand. Over the course of his life, John wrote three letters and one gospel. A gospel is one of the books that talks about Jesus' life on earth. And in those writings, he tells us what he's learned about God. And it's in the first of these letters, John gives us a really helpful understanding 
of what the resurrection proved about what God is like. So check out what he wrote. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And maybe you've heard that God loves you. Maybe you've heard that before, but maybe it's never felt like it was true. But John, who spent years with Jesus as a teenager and then spent the rest of his life following Jesus' teaching, was able to look back at everything he had experienced and everything he heard and say without question, God sent Jesus so that we, so that you and I would know exactly how much he loves us. He had one objective, to show us what love looks like. It looks like Jesus. God's motivation for sending Jesus was showing you and I love. But even that isn't the whole story. Jesus went as far as dying to show us just what kind of love he has for all of us. If we ever wonder, you know, if our mistakes are too big, if our missteps are too many, all we need to do is look to what Jesus did with us in mind. And remember, nothing we can do can cancel what Jesus did for us. Because of Jesus, we know that love is greater. Every time, love is greater. And here's the thing. This story, it meant a lot to John, who taught us about this kind of love. See, John was a friend, but when he watched Jesus die on a cross, John probably thought that friendship and all that came with it was over. If you've ever lost a friendship in some way, you may know how John felt, probably hopeless, alone, frustrated, but then everything changed three days later when Jesus pulled off the greatest comeback of all time. Jesus straight up came back to life. And so the resurrection of Jesus proves what God is really like. What does that mean? God is love. And love, my friends, is stronger than death. I mean, just think about this in strictly human terms. Look, if you had a friend who willingly gave up their life so that you could live, what would you think that friend thought of you? They think that you're weak, that you're just a screw up, that you weren't worth their time? Of course not. I mean, this sounds ridiculous when you put it this way, but the only thing it would prove is that that friend seriously, seriously loves you. In other words, because of the resurrection, John knew he was loved. Because of the resurrection, John knew that he was loved. And that wasn't all. John actually then knew something else because of the resurrection. John knew that God is love. And the same is true for you and I. Whatever you've thought about God up until now, all you need to know moving forward is that because of the resurrection and what Jesus did for us, for you and I, we know, we can know that we are loved. If you and I just took one thing into the rest of our lives this Easter, my hope is that it would be this, that once and for all, we would grab a hold of the idea that God loves us and God likes us deeply. The death and resurrection of Jesus, they prove it. Regardless of the ideas you have about God, when we started talking today, I think we could all learn something from what John has told us. So as you head out this week, I wanna invite you to take two steps as you consider life after this Easter season. Two steps that can help you in your way start seeing God as love. Number one, be honest about your ideas of what God is like. We are living in a culture where everybody has an opinion about what God's like. And it can feel impossible for those opinions to not affect us. Okay, that's natural and normal for everybody. But I wanna challenge you to be honest with yourself first. Maybe even take a few minutes this week and write down what you really, really believe about God. 
Don't give the churchy answer. Don't give the answer that your grandma would like to see. Be real. Don't worry, okay? God can handle it. You're not gonna offend him. We all have ideas about Jesus, right or wrong, but learning to name them will help us figure out whether it's the right idea or the wrong idea. This is your permission slip, to be honest, okay? That's number one. Number two, process what God's love means for you personally. Like, what does it mean for you that God loves you? How does this knowledge impact how you see yourself? Turn on a timer for like, let's say 15 minutes. Sit down, put your phone on airplane mode or even turn it off and think. Write it out, shout it out, have a dance party, okay? Do whatever you need to do to just take a moment and stop and hear your own thoughts when it comes to God. No other voices, no social media noise, no Netflix in the background, all right? Now, I realize that for some of you, this sounds horrible. I'm not gonna completely disagree with you on that. But going through this process, you know what it will do for you? It will get you to a place where you can maybe start having some difficult conversations with your family. It will allow you to ask some challenging questions in a small group, or even to wrestle with God himself over hurts you've had, or things that you've felt or experienced in the church. Listen, because of the resurrection, John knew that God is love. And because of the resurrection, you, you and I, we can know the same thing. We can be sure, absolutely sure that God is love. Jesus' life and death and resurrection, they prove it. And the life we live after understanding that and believing that can be totally different as a result. So what if you took a step? What if you took a step toward grasping who God really is and letting that change you? What if you really believe that he loved you right now without performance, without your perfection? What if you really let his love affect you personally? Maybe you'd begin to experience the kind of relationship with God that your friends talk about, but you've never really understood or felt yourself. Maybe you'll actually start to experience the relationship you talk about, but have never seen. Maybe you would feel less numb about this whole God thing altogether. Whatever it is, I can tell you from experience, it is worth a try. It's worth a try. The same way that everything changed for me when I learned how to swim. Everything changed for me when I learned that because of the resurrection, I know with confidence that I am deeply, deeply loved by God. So this week, when you're with your small group, here's what I want you to think about, okay? What would you want to change in you? If you really let God's love get a hold of you, would you change your worship experience? Do you have more peace, more confidence? Would you be more bold to believe that God is who he says he is? Or is it something else entirely? I would love for you to talk about it. But we can know, you and I, we can know that God loves us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because of the resurrection, John knew that God is love. And you and I, my friends, can know it as well. All right, well, that is a wrap for today's Sunday stream. We'd like to thank all the students that joined us on Wednesday night, the students that joined us here on the Sunday stream, all of our volunteers, but most of all, we want to thank our amazing Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ for everything he has done for us, everything he will do, and everything that we're going to be celebrating this month as we lead up to uh, Good Friday and, of course, the miraculous day of Easter Sunday. With that, I'll close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for a wonderful day. Uh, thank you for our wonderful ministry. Thank you for coming to earth. Thank you, God, for sending your son. And just help us through, this, uh, through these next few weeks understand the story a little bit better. Help us understand it a little bit more so that we can understand what your deep love truly means for us. Lord, we love you so much. Amen. Students, have a wonderful week. I will see you back here next Wednesday at Resonate or on Sunday 
uh, on the Sunday stream or Sunday mornings at, at Resonate Community Church. Of course, we can do that as well. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.